Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. On today's episode of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, we discuss the five hottest topics this week in MLS. We sit down with Charles Boehm and talk about MLS issues along with the U.S. national team. And finally, we discuss the All-Star Game and if the format should change or stay the same. All this on this edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hello and welcome, episode three of Uncle Sam Soccer Podcast. How are you guys doing, Armand? What's going on? Nothing much, man. I've just been working really hard. So yeah, you had an article go up for MLSSoccer.com. Yeah, man, it's really exciting. Uh, they contacted me and I released a couple articles at MLSSoccer.com. So uh, yeah, check, check it out, out if y'all have a chance. Absolutely, it's been a crazy week for us. Three episodes in one week, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tired. I am. This too. is your fault, but I mean. No, this is your fault. You're Why is it my that, fault? You wanted to publish so much. I mean, yeah, it's true, but I mean, like, hey, it's worth it. Team, but, teamwork, right? But I'm tired. Man. I'm tired. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, fantastic episode, and uh, for this first opening section, we got five questions we're going to ask. We got a little whistle. There it is. It's gonna break them up, but let's go ahead. We got the 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 questions all wrapped Mumble up. jumbled. Yeah, yeah, I can't see them right now, and. Uh, I'm going to choose. There are five hottest topics in MLS that happened this actually this past week. So I'm going to choose one, and I'm going to ask Steven, and we're going to do that back and forth. Absolutely. All right. Pool number right. one. Let's go. Ready? Oh, I got this one right here. Ooh, this is a good one right here. I like this one. Bob Bradley going to LAFC. You heard about that news, no, right? Oh, biggest – probably the big – well, I don't know. Is Was it the biggest news from, from a, a – because we're going to talk about the other big news, but this might have been the biggest – I mean, you could say that. I mean, there might be another bigger news in my opinion, but this was pretty substantial. Bob Bradley going to LAFC. What, what are your thoughts on it, Stephen? How do you feel about Bob Bradley? Uh, honestly, I had, was he wasn't he rumored with LAFC? He was rumored for a long time with LAFC once he got sacked from uh, Swansea. 
Who else was rumored with him? Plenty of other uh, managers. I mean, he, he's a big name. He's he's recognizable. His his son Michael. That I think LAFC went went after. This is LA, so the market in LA need, commands big names. You need you need some star power. Remember, we talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago about how they were lacking a coach and lacking some star power. Now look, they got Bob Bradley on the staff. Oh, well, the question is, are players gonna you know follow? I mean, this guy's a pro- has a proven well. I wouldn't say a proven European track record, but a pretty good European uh, record. So, I mean, do you think that they wouldn't want to go play for him? Or I, I think he will. I mean, okay, let's let's look through his career. 96, he was an assistant with Arena, winning back-to-back cups with D.C. United. Then 98, takes over the Chicago Fire. He was the first coach of the expansion club, so he's repeating that with right, LAFC. Right. So he has, he has some history, history with expansion Just clubs. Just 20 years later, right? Ah, yeah, yeah, ironically, 20 later. 20, exactly 20 years. Um, in his first year, he won the Cup double, named the MLS Coach of the Year in 90, uh, 98 with Chicago. Then in 2000, won the U.S. Open Cup. Resigned, went to the Metro Stars. Now, was, if you all don't know, the Metro Stars are currently the Red Bulls right yes. now. Yes. Uh, got to the U.S. Open Cup final and the playoffs, which I actually did not know, but this is what I found very fascinating about Bob Bradley is it, is it substitution thing the substitution incident where he MLS at the time allowed a fourth substitution for a goalkeeper yeah he exploited I've seen the video so many times you see it's, it's Eddie Gavin right he goes into the goal yeah and he's a goalie for like five seconds and like they, they switch him off it's one of the most embarrassing moments as like an MLS official but it's hilarious when you watch it well I, I would call this Bill Belichickian yeah okay yeah I mean, 03... I mean, you always have to throw reference to your Patriots, but... I, mean, I do. But what I'm saying is that that's like... I mean, what he did wasn't illegal. I mean, it it wasn't, but... I mean, it was, pretty, I, it was against the rules of soccer. Yeah. Obviously. But I think that was fascinating. I, I, f- I forgot that that ever happened. And, uh, you know, credit to Bradley for thinking on the fly. But, I mean, so up until this point, he's he's been successful in Major League Soccer. Then goes to the Chivas, takes him to the playoffs after a really disappointing uh, right. inaugural season. And he's Chivas USA, by the Chivas way. Chivas USA, not uh, Chivas from Guadalajara, Mexico. Yeah. Then he goes to the U.S. men's national team, which what I found interesting is Klinsman, Jurgen Klinsman, who actually did take over after Bradley, was the first choice. Bradley only took over as an interim. And they were thinking, oh, Bradley could do the 2014 World Cup cycle and Klinsman would do the next several – or the, the next one in 2010. So they flip-flopped what oh, actually okay. happened. But I think what what the Federation's idea was, okay, we'll get Klinsman now. He can be an assistant to Klinsman and then Klinsman will step down or – Kind of groom know, him to be like yes, the successor. the successor. But they kind of reverse roles. It was Bradley then Klinsman rather than Klinsman then Bradley. Right. But, you know, he went on, and I think the most memorable moment under his his tenure as the men's national coach was the, the Confederations Cup uh, final. That run, right? They beat uh, Spain. Spain. Yeah, they beat. Who had uh, like a 34 or maybe 35 unbeaten streak for a European club was like the most ever. Then he gets to the final against Brazil. I think Kaká was playing. And they were up to nothing at halftime. I remember I was I was just like, this is the U.S. up against Brazil, and then he stormed back Brazil. And it, it wasn't like Brazil stormed back. It was just it was like one or two sloppy goals that 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 cost him the game. And wow, USA were that close to winning something FIFA related as yeah, far as with the men's national crazy. team. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, 
But he, uh, so he's had history. Then he goes to Europe, Swansea City debacle. So I mean, he had really good success with uh, Staubach, the team in in Norway, and um, I think he's a quality addition to MLS. If not one of he, I think he's definitely. This is a fantastic trend for MLS. I'm trying to get my words out right now. It's a fantastic trend for MLS with all these coaches that have international success just coming in. And I wonder what if international coaches what their success rate is in Major League Soccer compared to the Americans. I want to say it's not much, to be honest. You think I, you think it's much? I, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look at the statistics to to really understand. That. I feel like international managers are a little scared of MLS. Because it's such a funky league, it's not like your stereotypical, you know, Premier League or your. It's it's a very the playoff system, the whole the travel. It's I think the rules, the restrictions, the signing players. I think it's a lot of their national managers are kind of scared of it. Yeah, and no, it's, I, it's, it's it's hard. It's hard. I mean, if you don't like follow MLS or not, you don't get it. You don't know what's going on. Well, yeah, playoffs. Then you have these weird FIFA windows. drafts, allocations, like Tam Gam, like. What like if you're a national? Like what? Like what is this? No, it's confusing, and I have myself a hard time understanding all these salary capitals. So think about that. Rather coming to a system where you know you're Josie Mourinho and you can just buy whoever at Manchester United, Conte at Chelsea. No, you come here and it's like, oh crap! I have to salary cap. Salary cap. Like you have to put DP. your D, yeah, and a homegrown player contract. It's it, it's it's very complicated in Major League Soccer. So it's interesting. Maybe the trend is to send American coaches out and then coming back in rather than find international coaches. Maybe. But he's had he's had success on all types of levels of the game. College, pro, the national level. He's a well-rounded coach. Well-rounded guy. So I, I think it's a great signing. I think it brings a lot of – what's the right term? Just – Stardom already to Mojo the team. To the league, Mojo yeah. to the league. Uh, it's a big name. I mean, Bob Bradley is fourth on uh, all-time postseason wins in Major League Soccer and fifth in just regular season wins. Oh yeah, he's a like. There's nothing like his credentials are out of this, are fantastic for expansion side. Yeah. So uh, yeah, great signing. I think it's fantastic. All right. What's the next question? You grab it, oh, man. I got you it. grab it. <laughs> All right. This is a great one. So. This past week, we had Dom Dwyer traded I to the Orlando I love City. Dom Dwyer. Just like to put on a completely random note, Dom Dwyer is one of my favorite players in MLS history, in my opinion. Your favorite player? One of my favorite players. One of your favorite. Okay. I, I don't know if that's just, you know. Play. I love watching him play. Heat of the moment. He is ferocious on the ball. When he scored four goals in that USL final, like I was like this guy. Okay, we can get to it. <laughs> Let me just finish the question. Dom Dwyer was traded to the Orlando City, uh, to the Orlando no, to Orlando City in a record deal. The total trade package uh, could reach one point six million dollars in allocation money. Does this make sense for Orlando? Yes, it 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 does. They need they needed they needed spark. They needed scoring. I feel like they also needed. Because I feel like Kyle Lauren's going to leave at some point. They keep denying it, saying he won't leave, he won't leave. I feel like he's going to leave at some point. They needed someone to replace him or be a successor. I think Dwyer's a perfect addition. He has, what, 55 right. goals in MLS? Some number like Something that. Something like that. It's, it's a ridiculous number. He's a fantastic proven scorer. He's first on the ball. He played well in the Gold Cup. I mean, he said he's disappointed with how he played in the Gold Cup, but he has no reason to be. He created opportunities, was a force offensively. He got sent home, which I don't agree with. But Dom Dwyer... Yeah, it was think, weird that he did get sent yeah, home. Bruce Renner's reasoning behind that was because they played good. Nah, something else was up with that. 
But I think Dom Dwyer is a proven goal scorer, one of the better players in the MLS. And it makes total sense. It's not like jeopardizing their immediate future. It's going to be over time. But from Orlando City standpoint, I think it's a fantastic move. So the $1.6 million that uh, Orlando City had to give up for Dwyer, 400 of that is general allocation money and 500 in target allocation money and then 700 in future allocation based on performance. And, and Peter Vermees said they expect all the – Peter Vermees, the uh, coach of uh, Sporting Kansas City, said they expect all the uh, 700000 to be met. So it's going to most likely be $1.6 million. Do you know what the second largest trade deal in MLS history was? it was? Molino? Yeah, again with Orlando City. Right, I remember. So Orlando City likes to make these splashes. I remember. Or yeah, they sold uh, Molino to uh, Minnesota United. Uh, and that, that's what and Adrian Heath uh, wanted to bring him back and reunite with him in Minnesota. Uh, I think these moves are really nice, um, but we have to look back from an MLS standpoint. Why would a team reject an offer from another? Because Kansas City has rejected offers from overseas for three million. So and the MLS rule the rules are weird with this. So if KC were to sell them for three million, they would receive about six hundred fifty thousand to use in allocation money for transfers. That's insane. So they're going to be getting a lot more money this way with just a trade. Can you like? Can you, you know, I isn't that weird? Is no, it, it's I still backwards. What? Actually, I think it's it's not backwards. Because what the league wants to do is fine. If you want to buy our league players now, because it's single entity, blah blah blah. If Major League Soccer has to say, fine, you want to buy our league players, you have to give us more money than what somebody could trade for. So you're forcing these European clubs to be like, oh, okay, fine. Well, you know, five million for Dom Dwyer. Beat us, Orlando City. If if you really wanted to, wanted to play, I mean, yeah, but I think part of it also might be trying to keep all talent in MLS, uh, and that too. You mm-hmm. you want to keep the talent because if it's so easy for players to get uh, you know poached off the off these off these clubs from European markets, then what's the point? But did you know Dom Dwyer in twenty fourteen scored a club record for Sporting KC with twenty two goals that season? In yeah, he burst on the scene that year. Fourteen. He, was, he and when he was on loan at Orlando City because he actually used to play for Orlando City. Yeah, he had he spent thirteen USL league games there. Scored where he 15 scored fifteen goals. goals, and then he went he loaned back for the championship game where he scored four goals. Yeah, and their seven four win, which is crazy if you think about it. Then and he they call Adrian Heath, uh, the current coach of Minnesota United, said that Orlando City was Dom Dwyer's spiritual home. He got fined for tampering. Actually, now look, he's he's, he's back. back in Orlando. Um, he's. He's a good goal scorer, and like he hasn't had the most successful season. Not this year, no. This year, but he is second best in Major League Soccer behind Bradley White Phillips of New York Red Bulls uh, in goals since 2014, the start of 2014. He just, he just, he doesn't stop trying to score a goal. If he can't score one, he gets so upset. Even they're up 3-0, 2-0, he's still upset trying to chase that goal. And that's something that you really want your forward. You want that killer instinct. Yeah, and Orlando City absolutely needed the the goals because they're at the bottom of the league when it comes to goal scores. They're struggling. I mean, I, I mean, even the games at the beginning, they're winning games. They're winning games like one zero. Yeah, yeah. They were squeaking I mean, by. Bat- bottom of the league with goal scorers, and then bottom of the league of goal scoring as a team. So it's right. like there's a, 
a recipe for disaster. You can't have players that score and the team doesn't score. Even if you distribute, everybody's got two goals, one goal here. It's it's as a team, it's a failure, and as individuals, it's a failure. So we'll see what what he brings. Um, I, I'm really excited. Sporting KC, on the other hand, they got all this money to spend. They're rumored with a ton of players. So for them, it, it could be an interesting transition. They're at the they're at the top of the West. It's interesting. You never see a team in the top give give up their assets and give up their top players. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see what happens as Kansas City. I mean, I think they'll they'll be fine, honestly. All right. Next question. I got you. We'll go with this middle one. Ooh, I like this topic. I really like this topic. What is it? It's the International Champions Cup. Ah, yes, my favorite. So, for those who don't know, International Champions Cup preseason tournament played in America where all the big European teams come here they come play you know they, they get ready for their preseason it's basically a preseason tournament now my question for you Stephen is I tweeted this out actually yesterday yes you did tweet I this tweeted this out I tweeted this out I tweeted this firestorm I, I controversy said, hot I, take I said that hot take police okay whoop, whoop. okay I said that the ICC shows that there's a market for soccer in America, the MLS has just not tapped yet. Do you think that the ICC show that there's a market for soccer in the United States? Of course. But here's the problem. People don't understand and what Major League Soccer doesn't understand, what the media doesn't understand. I'm going to go on about who does not understand the market. People love soccer here in the United States. Oh, for sure. Did if And when you bring El Clasico, now El Clasico, yes, it, it's a matchup. Uh, uh, it's a Super Bowl matchup times 100. It is that big. You have Messi, Neymar, Suarez, Luka Modric, Tony Kroos. No Ronaldo. No Ronaldo, but we have the All-Star break, and we'll see if he makes an appearance there. The The thing is, what what is what? That not only do they have history, they have the star of them. That's the problem. It's entertaining to watch them. Draymond, Draymond Green, the Golden State power He was forward. like with the Barcelona players, right? He was hanging with the Barcelona uh, players, but he was foaming on out of his sides. Yeah. Talking about they were Messi too, though. and Suarez and Neymar. And then you had uh, Sue, a, a common Sue, the, the defensive lineman for the Miami. I, I don't know who he was sporting. I suppose he was uh, one of the clubs, but he was there and he said it was a fantastic matchup and how, you know, a lot of MLS players no, uh, NFL players play FIFA and watch these games. So it's it's the entire country will watch soccer. I mean, the the women's World Cup final against Japan in 2015 is the highest ever rated soccer game. Like it, it it's it's only gone up. Now the problem is it's it's Major League Soccer. It's boring to watch. You went to FC Dallas, uh, Vancouver uh, Whitecaps last night. How many people were there? I mean, they said fifteen thousand, but I'm pretty sure there's catfishing us that number. Exactly. So, <laughs> you, if you watched um, L.A. versus Seattle last night, it felt relatively, you know, smaller of a stadium crowd. It, it's it's that's the issue. It's it's not that there's no soccer market, soccer soccer okay. market in America. I need to pronounce my words here. It's that. MLS has a problem with the soccer market because people much rather watch the ICC games than MLS. Last night, I bet you majority of the country was watching ICC El Clasico. I was watching it, watching a Vancouver and Dallas. I was watching the game. Well, because you were forced to be there. But I was watching it. 
What? I was watching the I was watching the El Clasico while watching the other game. Oh, you were you yeah. were there? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I honestly was. I mean, the El Clasico, the first fifty minutes were more entertaining than what a lot of that game had. Um, my thing is this: a lot of people have a lot of issues with the ICC. They said, "Oh, people are wasting their money. It's not a waste of time. It's a waste of time. These players aren't trying." Blah blah blah. Last night they tried. My thing is this: if people are gonna pay money for it, so be it. So be it. Last night they tried. And El Clasico players got heated. It was great. It's it's such a great event, and people are like, "Oh, why do they have the ICC in America? It pulls numbers. Oh, and it, it makes so much money. Stadiums. It's crazy, and." The fact that people are like are upset by it and whatnot, it's like it's kind of bizarre. But I mean, I do think it shows that it has that MLS needs to tap into that and tap into, and hopefully they'll tap into it soon. Maybe we'll be seeing them sell out stadiums left and right. But well, they do, they do sell out stadiums. Atlanta, Orlando, Toronto, Seattle, but those are big Portland. markets. Portland, uh, you have big markets there. It's I don't understand. It's it's a weird connection. I get it. I much rather go watch El Clasico. Because it's a rare, rare thing. You can always go watch FC Dallas in an MLS matchup. That you can do. You can't ever watch El Clasico live. But take out, take out El Clasico. Say PSG versus uh, Juventus. I, that pulled numbers. I mean, the same day that there was the Gold Cup final, you had three champions. Uh, oh yeah, I was games. at Buffalo Hot Wings. I was seeing like games left and right. I mean, I, I think it was, and it, it was the big clubs playing. It was Barcelona, Juventus, City. PSG, City. United, uh, Real Madrid. I don't know if I uh, said them. But it's these huge teams, and people like watching them. What MLS needs to learn is they need stars, and stars is what sells tickets. Cool. All righty, moving on. Oh, here we go. Grab that card. Grab that card. Let's see. Ooh. Oh, another another move in Major League Soccer. 27 year all the transfer moves, man. I know. You're getting all the transfer oh, okay. moves. Jonathan Dos Santos is joining little brother Giovanni as a member of the LA Galaxy. Five million dollars. That's cheap. In Pretty my cheap. Opinion, it's cheap. He was a fantastic player in the Confederations Cup. He was na- he was named best eleven. Do you know who's more? You know who's mad about this? Who? Liga MX people. Why? They're pissed. They're saying he's 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 a traitor. Not a traitor, but he's selling out. He's trash. Uh, L tree is screwed. It's why, because that's how they view MLS as a retirement league. I think this is a fantastic move for the LA Galaxy to combine him with Geo. They fired their coach. I, oh wait, was that the next topic or? No, no. The, I was to say you raise a really interesting point. What was the point? These Mexican players. You have Giovanni and Jonathan Dos Santos, huge Mexican stars. They're huge. Would they rather play in America or League MX? Not just MLS or League MX. I, that's a question I want to. We should start a- asking. Ourselves. Actually, that's a really interesting. That's a really interesting point. Because yes, League MX. If as it's a, better, I would say it's better quality. It's it's more football oriented. But for your name, and to to build a name brand, I think MLS offers more. You think? Yes. Well, yeah, because if you especially go to those like. Big time cities like L.A. Yeah, but like New York. Not only do you have the Mexican population loving you, you have the entire states because you're one of the stars. If he goes to League MX, how big of a star is he compared to a, a, in a MLS? Well, I mean, the counter argument maybe is what if Chicharito went to League MX? I feel like it'd be crazy. With where team went to, it it 
be um, it'd be crazy to see the reaction of those of those uh, teams and all of those fans. I think any Mexican star would want to play would wouldn't mind playing in Mexico, but I feel like they want to live in the United States. They mm-hmm. want to raise a family in the United States. So I think that's why a lot of them probably are going to move to the United States. Yeah, I mean, that's just my assumption. I'm not, I'm not sure, but the Liga MX is quality and all, but it's just do what the United States can bring, like you said, to their brand potentially, is is pretty 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 impressive. On the field, this really opens up LA Galaxy. Oh my goodness, to, they needed this. Yes, they needed. He's going to bring bring creativity. He's going to push the ball up the field. He's going to bring balance to that midfield. But how how is I wonder how big of an impact he's actually going to make in the long term. Do you think this is going to suddenly propel LA Galaxy to a club who's won one game at home but has league best five wins on the road or something like that? Like, just the thing is, the thing that scared me the most is how much of a parallel this is with Seattle last year. I, I if you look at it, Seattle, what they do? They fired their head coach. They fired Ziggy Schmidt. They brought in Brian Schmetzer, and they brought in Nicholas Lodero. Yeah. So what's LA doing? They fired Kurt Ronalfo, they hired Ziggy Schmidt, and they're bringing in Jonathan Dos Santos. That could be that push. And especially with a team like LA, who's already talented with Alessandrini, Gio. There could be potential for a MLS I mean, type I, push. I, I, I see where you, you see the parallels. I, you do, but how often does that happen? What's happened the last two years of MLS? I guess it's yeah, it's guess, it's, well. it's the trend. It's the trend. You get hot in the middle of the season, and you go up. I mean, all you have to do is make the playoffs. Once the playoffs, it's a free for all. It's a cup. Let's be honest here. Yeah, and and it's incredible to to note that you can waste half your season in Major League Soccer and still win the cup. Absolutely, and. To bring in a player of Jonathan's stature, stature played at Barcelona, played in uh, the Spanish league. This is a fantastic signing for not only MLS and for the Galaxy. No, it's, it's, it's a fantastic signing. It's fantastic signing all around. All right, last question. Oh, Shiggy Schmidt. Yep. And actually, it's about Ziggy Schmidt. So he was hired by the LA Galaxy. He was a former Seattle head coach. What does this mean? Like, I think we talked about this a little bit with the uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah, good parallel here. Yeah, so what do you think this means for the uh, Galaxy? I, I I think it's... it's He was announced, Shiggy Schmidt, was it hours before or hours after? Hours after. It was hours after, for sure. No, uh, well, first you had hours before Kurt Analfa being sacked, right? Right. And then you got the, the hiring of Shiggy Smith, the all-time winningest coach in Major League Soccer. Oh, for sure. Um, so you had that. I think it's also – it was a power move or power grab because you have Bob Bradley at LAFC. I'm sure the Galaxy had some sort of inclination that that's going to happen there. You think? I do. And with Analfa, the problem is Analfa was, was hired to, to change – Change the direction. I thought of, they were going to transition, like to yes, a much younger side. That's yes. why they hired him. I think he what what the LA Galaxy wanted to do is what the Red Bulls and FC Dallas do so well. Right, right. Is what Galaxy have a great a great academy as well. 
Sure, but what the problem is they they want stars, so they sign these stars, and then you can't give time playing time to the young kids. Right, exactly. So what do you do? So Onofo comes in, he's screwed on 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 the transition of the Beckham, Keen, Donovan, Lamp, uh, not Lampard, but Stevie Gerrard experiment to now what? So then LA Galaxy has realizes well we're trash. LAFC is about to, well we don't know who they're gonna make, but supposedly make splashes with players now they did with the coach well we're gonna make a splash with the coach he was at la years ago mm-hmm. shaggy smith right. uh, with the galaxy winning there so why not and then we're gonna bring in jonathan dos santos hopefully we can attract and be successful because the la galaxy what they need to do is prepare for the divide of the city and you want to make sure you're successful because if the la galaxy start to fall back in the coming uh, next fall couple of years lafc is suddenly going to propel themselves as a bigger brand than la galaxy i feel like you're looking too much into the future in this one i feel like this is just a short-term signing i don't i feel like you don't think shiggy smith's going to be there for three four seasons i would be very surprised if he did i mean in my opinion i think so this is for the next 18 months i think it's a stopgap i think because la was floundering and once you make one big move it's not too hard to make the other they pull the trigger on Jonathan. They come in. They pull the trigger on Onafo. Onafo's been horrible. They've only had one home win. The but he, he has the league best five road wins. Well, yeah, that's that's cool, man. I mean, it's it, it's a it's a great it's a great accomplishment. But if you can't win at home, like we've mentioned before, you are screwed. In MLS. But he's winning on the road. But you need to win. At You're home. winning on the road, so it kind of makes up for the. You got. You got. One thing: if he sucked on the road and sucked at home, but well, he's good on the road and sucked at home. I think it's. I think it's a much it's a much of a short term signing. I think he's just gonna stable the stable the ship a little bit, and then he'll leave. Like I, like you said, within those eighteen months. That's my yeah. I mean, I, I he's an older coach. I don't know if he wants to stick around for that long and have to go through through the daily life of being a football manager. I mean, it's it's, it's a tough job, especially in L.A. Yeah, and then I mean, add the the added pressure of LAFC starting next season. I think this this was a move to try to create headlines with the Jonathan Dos Santos signing, and hopefully make a wave that's just as big, if not bigger, than what LAFCs are are planning on doing. Because LA Galaxy, I don't think have an idea. I mean, should they 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 have you know they're stuck. They're in this weird transition phase. Yeah, where they're trying to go youth, but they need that star power. They're LA, you, you, you know who. The Galaxy remind me of who the national team. Yes, exactly. It's they're they're on the same similar path. Except I think the Galaxy are a little better off with the younger signs. Especially Jonathan, Gio, Allison, Drini's played really well. Yeah, no, I think the Galaxy because they have the potential to grab whoever they want. Right. Exactly. The U.S. Men's National but Team. I see the parallel you're making. Yes. we're making too many parallels today, man. Yeah, Shoot, it's, like... it's a weird show. Um, so those are the five hottest topics. In Major League Soccer, especially this past week. This past week, craziness, man. Yes. Up next, Charles Bohm. He Bohm writes, like poem. That's what he told me. Yeah, that's what, what that's what he told us. We'll be joining us to discuss the All Star Break, MLS, and the U.S. Men's National Team. Yep. on the show today is Charles Bohm. He is a freelance editor for MLSsoccer.com and the editor-in-chief of SoccerWire.com. Charles, how are you today? And thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You're on your way to Chicago right now, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I apologize to the listeners for uh, for all the background noise. Uh, uh, it's a breezy day in DC, and I'm about I'm, I'm catching a ride to uh, National Airport. to hop on a flight to Chicago. You excited for the All Star Game in Chicago this year? Say that again. You excited for the All Star Game in Chicago this year? Uh, so I'm I'm uh, going to be doing some work for the league website primarily. And uh, I don't go to every All-Star game, but, uh, but when I can get to them, they're, they're a fun experience. Even though uh, I personally uh, don't, don't read too much into this one, I, and I, I recognize that it gets overly hyped uh, for a number of reasons, but, uh, but it's a fun experience. Do you think, uh, this is Steven, by the way, do you think uh, Real Madrid's going to have uh, an extra motivation for the All-Stars, or is it just kind of a you know, preseason game that they're kind of forced to go, these players that you know, are playing in it? Yeah, you know, I hate to sound too cynical here, but I, I think typically the, the the teams that come from abroad for this game, um, there's a lot of professionalism and professional pride that goes into it. That, that these are um, professionals at the top of their field. Um, this, this is the one percent of the one percent of this sport, so they don't like to lose a, a, as a matter of being. Um, but I don't really think that that they um, pay all that much attention to all the the pomp and circumstance around it for them. Uh, preseason is preseason. It's uh, and it's and that's a pretty universal experience across the game. Preseason is a time of uh, a lot of work, a lot of fitness, uh, a lot of kind of compressed preparation for a season, and uh, and trying to get downtime. I know most of the the teams uh, really like doing preseason in the U.S. because there's a lot more stuff to do when they're not training uh, or, or preparing. And so from that regard, I think that I think that Madrid will have fun, and and you know some of them might. Uh, get a chance to do their various uh, commercial activations or maybe help their personal <laughs> brands. But for them, it's, uh, it's, it's work, you know, and, and uh, they, they won't want to lose to a bunch of MLS guys no matter what uniforms they're wearing, but, but they're not going to be too concerned about it because it's, it's part of a process for them. Well, the All-Star game kind of, I mean, not really, but it kind of represents the midpoint of, of the season. So um, it's kind of a good way to see who's who's been doing well, who's been doing poor. Who do you think's been the most uh, surprising team uh, this season? Uh, I mean, there's no prize for originality on this one, but, you know, nobody expected. I, I think most people uh, who follow this league closely would not have expected the fire uh, to be this good at oh, this stage. Sure. Um, you know, they're, they're supporter shield contenders right now. Um, they've got a lot of juice. Uh, not enough field uh, in terms of the way they play, the, the stars they have, Schweinsteiger, who uh, a signing I was very uh, skeptical about um, has, has so far proven us all wrong. So I think the Fire are the big surprise package right now by, by some margin. Why do you think the the Fire have been doing so well? Is it because of Bastian and him you know, coming into into the team or the other players that have stepped up or the, you know, the way they just play? What, what do you think has contributed to the Chicago's uh, season as a whole? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because they, they did. There were several significant additions they made. You know, I mean, Dax is a, is a big element there. Nikolic is, uh, you know, he's is living up to every. Yeah, I mean, he's he, this is a pure finisher who's been giving getting chances and finishing them, and he's on a, a pace to to break the uh, the league goal scoring record. And, and even having said that, he's wasted a lot of chances. He hasn't right. been entirely efficient. So um, you know, and then and then. You know the the Akam saga, I think, which is sort of playing out in front of us right now, is a fascinating one. Um, the Akam uh, presence, David come out on the wings, has been a big element as well. I certainly hope they can keep hold of him. Although I think we're going to have some 
that may be a talking point over the next few days as to what happens with, with David Akam. Yeah, yeah, I've been uh, hearing that Chicago's kind of lowballing him a little bit, and he wants a little bit more money. Well, it's, it, there's it, it, money has a lot to do with these things, but um, but recognition and pride and uh, and ego is certainly a factor too. And in this case, uh, it seems as though Vesposanovich, uh, the fire coach, and in, in the process of selecting the team of all stars, you know his his section of the roster that he wants to choose for the all star game. Um, he probably was trying to be fair and, and uh, left the com off, and it seems like he's created problems for his club team by being maybe a little bit too objecti- objective uh, and, and not picking the, the hometown kid. Uh, I, I had a com as one of my biggest all-star snubs, and certainly a com seems to feel that way. Oh, for sure. And, uh, and we'll see if it fuels his exit uh, from Chicago soon. So as the Chicago Fire have been doing so well, what, what team has definitely been the, the biggest disappointment so far? Uh, a couple contenders there. Maybe I'm. Maybe I have a a, a local bias here, but as a DC-based uh, journalist, I'm I'm pretty shocked at uh, just how bad the the hometown team here in DC have been. DC United. I, I don't know if anybody expects them to to uh, make the run that they did last year um, and be one of the best. They're one of the best teams on the stretch. You know, last season, uh, and suddenly they're not. Not only are they not a playoff team, they look like they may be the worst team in the league, and it's really been a shocking performance uh, from them. And uh, another one last night, really disappointing and, and really troubling as they get set to move to a new stadium. Absolutely. For your top team, though, who do you think is your, your top team that's been performing really well? Is it Toronto, top of the East? I mean, especially with their big performance today, uh, the 4-0 win over NYC? Yeah, I mean, Toronto has faced a lot of challenges. I think that I don't know if they're head, head and shoulders above the league because Chicago and New York City uh, and maybe maybe KC have a have a claim to this as well. But uh, the, the the challenges that TFC has faced, the schedule congestion, uh, they, they've really handled it all very well. Uh, they've already won a trophy. Uh, they could win one or two more. Uh, there's a, a little bit of a sense of destiny about this team. They're very well coached. They're extremely talented. Obviously, we all know that a lot of money has been spent on that roster, but it's also a very well constructed roster. With, with depth and quality in multiple positions, and uh, I love what they do tactically as well. So I think I think TFC are are uh, kings of the hill at least at this early stage. Now we've mentioned all the big boys, but one club we haven't mentioned is FC Dallas, the the club that went that did the double last season. Now, are you from? We're based out here in Texas, so we know what FC Dallas is and what they're about. But from a, a nationals perspective, FC Dallas doesn't seem to be talked about all that much, and why do you think that? I mean, there's a few factors here. You know, you have the simple reality that this is not a uh, glamour team. They're they're not in, they're in a big market. You know, let's not forget. I mean, the FW market is enormous, right. both in terms of soccer and media. Right. Um, but but they, they don't they don't they don't spend big. They don't flash out. Uh, they don't fill up that stadium sadly uh, on the regular, even though they should. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot that uh, there's a lot of uh, I guess competing narrative to steal the shine off of FCD, but people that are paying attention recognize the, the work that they put in. Um, they built a, a machine, really. I mean, it's not, it's not just about this year or last year. This is a team that's been contending at a high level for some time, and I expect that to continue. Uh, they had a little bit of a hiccup this weekend, but uh, when it comes down to this end of the season and trophies on the line, uh, FC Dallas is going to be in the mix. 
Yeah, we had uh, Walker Zimmerman on a couple uh, well, a week ago, and he he explained to us that this season they're really going for the MLS Cup. Do you do you see that he's right on that? That they could. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I think Zimmerman's an interesting case because he's uh, he's a guy who had a, a really untimely injury in that Houston right. game, and um, was you know looked like he was right in the mix to to get in both the uh, you know the league spotlight as well as the international picture with the U.S. national team and uh, really unfortunate for him he's got to do a little bit of work to catch up um, but a uh, great player and really key to what they what they try to do right but do you think that Dallas could potentially win the MLS Cup are they one of the contenders along with NYCFC uh, Chicago Toronto yeah there's no reason the reason that they can't be. I mean, this is a this is a team that's been built to contend for a championship, and and I think that's going to be the case again. The main challenge for them is finding their top level at the right time in the season. You, you, we all know that that the MLS system doesn't necessarily reward the best team over the full season; it rewards the best team at the end of the year. The hottest team. So I think, yeah, yeah, and Oscar yeah. Pereja I think recognizes that, and he's, he's got to get that balance right. Let's go back to the uh, when uh, the Gold Cup, that the final that happened uh, a week ago. What, what are your thoughts on the U.S.'s uh, run to the final? Yeah, so I, I wrote a little bit about this uh, for USSoccerPlayers.com. If anybody wants to go check it out, uh, that ran on Friday. I I, uh, I think I think a lot of us are disappointed with the tournament as a whole, Absolutely. and that probably inevitably extends to the U.S. because they're just not. They weren't necessarily a dominating team. They didn't sort of um, uh, really sort of entertain on their way to the title the way that the 2013 team did. Um, but what can you say? You know, that's this is kind of how Bruce Arena's teams do it. They, they don't necessarily always wow you. Uh, they, they don't always play pretty, but they, they're usually right in the mix when it counts. And uh, they, they beat everybody that was put in front of them. And Arena, I think, has got to be happy that he won a trophy while – uh, giving auditions to fringe players. Who was your uh, more most impressive uh, player that uh, made his made his debut for the the, na- the national team? You know, I really like Kellen Rowe. I liked him before this tournament, and and uh, I thought he he did plenty enough to, to show. When they, when they took him back. I was really upset. I was like, he's been a great performer for the team. Yeah, I was disappointed in that as well. I, I did not agree with the decision to send him home as well as the, the, the same decision about Dom Dwyer. I thought those guys both did a, a lot of what was asked and, and showed that they have a skill set that this team can use. Um, but, you know, at some point somebody had to give way. You know, let's just hope that Arena saw a little bit of what uh, the uh, uh, those of us who, who liked them uh, saw and, uh, and they get called back in at some point in the fall or, or early next year. And uh, coming in up with the World Cup qualifiers, just not too far away. Are you nervous about the national team in in its direction under Bruce Arena? It's hard to say. It's hard to really say that there's there's reason to be nervous because they're undefeated, you know, and they right. check the blue box that that has been put in front of them that they've stated is important. That said, you know, the nature of the World Cup qualifying process is such that. Uh, these next two games are enormous, and no matter what they've done up to now, they still got to get results in those games. Costa Rica game up in uh, New Jersey, I believe. Right? I think that's the, the, yeah, the yeah, next yeah. one coming up in September. Um, if you don't get three points there, things start to look a little bit wobbly. But history suggests that they're going to they're going to hold serve and do what's necessary there. So, 
uh, you certainly don't want to have to. Uh, uh, I, I think they'll be able to be in a position to get a result against Honduras, but you don't want to go there needing three points because that that just historically doesn't doesn't happen uh, for the U.S. So um, again, you know, Bruce, um, it's not always complicated with him, but he's always prepared. His teams are able to take care of business. You know, at least play at a minimum percentage level, let's say, of their potential uh, enough to to keep to continue through, and I think that's gonna gonna happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's swing it back to the second half of the MLS season that's coming up. Uh, expectations, and I mean, do you have some uh, a club that's you know on the bubble with the playoffs? Maybe Dom Dwyer and Orlando down there. Who? What should we expect? Well, yeah, I think Orlando is. Well, I honestly have been impressed by them this season in terms of. Um, and they certainly have talent on that roster, even if Laren departs for Europe. But I don't get a sense of who they are. I don't know if they know what their identity is. Um, they're not good with the ball. They're not good with possession yeah, on anywhere near a level that, that Jason's Christ's teams traditionally are. Um, he's, you know, put them, set them up mostly in that four-four-two diamond that we know so well from Israel Salt Lake days. But it's not creating the same results in the same style. So. I don't really know. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make it. Uh, I certainly think they can, but they're one of the sort of more dramatic, uh, I think, stories to watch. Uh, a similar team on the uh, on the west side is uh, Vancouver. A team that's, you know, they just blew out Dallas um, in Dallas. Yeah, and and you know, they're they're capable of those kind of performances, but then they they've uh, routinely turned in just absolutely awful displays uh, against much less uh, difficult teams. So. Again, a team that I think is, is not entirely sure of what it wants to be. Um, I, I wish they. I think they could do a lot more if they had more of the ball and, and had more of a, a value of possession. But uh, you know, Carl Robinson's a smart guy, and uh, he's going to do his best to set his team up to you know to get into one of those Western playoff places. And who knows what happens when they get in there? So they're kind of a, a fun enigma to watch as well. And then of course the expansion teams. You know, eager to see how they finish out the stretch. Uh, I don't think maybe a little too little, too little, too late. Sorry for Minnesota to make a run, but Atlanta is right in the mix, and yeah, we uh, enjoy them. watching them. Yeah, I mean, well, we we could probably leave them alone because so many other people have been talking about them. Right? <laughs> they're they're the, the media darlings, but uh, but that's for a reason. They're they're fun to watch. They're an interesting team, interesting tactically, interesting storylines off the field, and uh, they. You think they're right on course to make the playoffs, but they've also got to move into a new building. It's going to be a different surface and possibly a whole different environment. So, something to watch as well. So, you think one of those teams could make a Seattle Sounder esque run like they did in the twenty six for the twenty sixteen MLS Cup? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, so you know, what what the Sounders did is sort of Mac. It's sort of like they last year they took the MLS Cup. Uh, recipe to its illogical extent, right? They were awful for the first half of the year, and they were amazing for the second half. Um, I, I think you're, as they themselves said afterwards, you know, you're, you're, you're tempting fate when you, uh, when you take that approach to things. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to have a lot go in your favor, but it's certainly possible. This system is specifically designed to allow teams to do that. Uh, it's about who gets hot at the right time, and I think we also can easily overlook um, who has a sense of what's required. You need to have a few guys that have been there. That may be Atlanta's only problem. As much talent as they have, do they have the guys with the know-how in that locker room to get everybody on the same page, provide that leadership, that unity that is so often so important in the postseason? 
Well, we really appreciate it. Will you let the listeners know where they can follow you on Twitter and maybe read some of your content? Yeah. Uh, thanks for the chance to hog my wares here. Uh, on yeah, my Twitter account is at, at CBOEHM. That's where my new stuff usually goes. Uh, check out MLSsoccer.com, 442USA, uh, USsoccerplayers.com, SoccerWire.com, and uh, anybody else that will pay me. Awesome. Well, we, uh, we really appreciate it and hope to talk to you down the road. Likewise, guys. It's a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, take care. Thanks again, Charles, for joining us. We'd like to wish him a big thank you. He was on his way to Chicago. He was in the cab. Where Cristiano Ronaldo won't be there. Oh, man. I want him to be there. Actually, I'm surprised he... No El Clasico, no this. Kind of kind of bummer. I mean, he's kind of tired, though. I mean, come on now. No, I would have made... I would have... Major League Soccer needs to start forcing these clubs. Like, fine, you want to come to this all-star thing? Because not only is it MLS getting a promotion, is also these clubs. Mm, I, mean, I think these clubs are pretty well, like, world-renowned. Yeah, but Real for them Madrid. it's just even... But for, for these players, it's more about individual marketing... I mean, I guess. I mean, you saw Neymar fall down the El Clasico and they like, zoomed in on his brand new shoes. Like the first minute, I'm pretty sure it was like a marketing scheme, but like. Oh, absolutely was. I mean, but and, that's and, besides the point. I, I, uh, Neymar, figure it out if he wants to leave or not. He needs to really figure it out if he wants to go to PSG. But that's besides the point. MLS All-Star Game 2017 is in Chicago. Chicago, Chi-Town, Windy City. Uh, home of your Chicago Bears. Soldier Field. Soldier Field. That's where they will be playing at. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. U.S. Uh, national teams played a couple games there. Yeah, the I gold think the cup 2013 Gold Cup Final was there, if I'm remembering that yeah, right. Yeah, Breck Shea score the game-winning goal in that game. Was it really Breck Shea? I think it was Breck Shea. I know Klinsman won it. Yeah, I know. Was, I know the U.S. played a game there. Yeah, it was in that it was a, in it was a, a final. Cup. It was a final against Panama. I'm like ninety percent sure Brexit would have a winning goal. But that's just the point. They're playing All Star Game, Chicago. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at the we're looking at the rosters right now. Any names that kind of throw you off a little bit? Do you think uh, Tim Howard should be the starter? Or yeah, well, that. I mean, it's it's a weird ro- roster to begin with because you have the names Kaká, David Villa, Sebastian Giovinco, Josie Altador, Michael Bradley. They half of those players are there because they've performed well, and half the other players are there because they have the names, and that's that's what you want. Yeah, if I you're mean, Major League Soccer, I right? mean, yeah. I don't know what, what's 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 it stick out. What players stick out to you? Well, first off, I think the lack of a Tim Melia. Uh, I think he's been fantastic for Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City has done a phenomenal job oh, on Twitter sure. mocking the yeah the the absence of their goalkeeper. But I think he deserved game. it. And Charles also mentioned it. Uh, yeah, David Akam. Yeah, David Akam was brilliant, and uh, the fact that he's not in the All Star game, I think, Definitely also weird. It's just it's really weird because he's been a fantastic player for them, and instead he's not there, and now it looks like he's upset. So I mean, it's it's an interesting you know mix of. International superstars and MLS players, but yeah. I don't know about you, but I don't like this format. Well, two two different issues 
Um, before, I want to talk about the TV audience quickly because it's actually declined every year. Because the it last, sucks. Because it, it's kind of boring. I mean, against Roma, they averaged only 320,000 viewership. But against Bayern Munich, they almost tripled that. And then it, against Tottenham in 2015, which was in Colorado at uh, Sporting, uh, no, Dick's Sporting, uh, Good, Dick's Park. Sporting Good Park. Only half a million watched that. And last year against Arsenal, which was in San Jose, another half million. So because it's Real Madrid, I expect a higher number. I expect the trend to, to, to go back up. To be like Bayern up. Munich's. Yeah, something closer to that because it, I don't. it's weird that Bayern Munich has such a high number because they're not the – like Arsenal, Tottenham, those are more popular than Bayern Munich in America because those are English clubs. Right, Especially right. Arsenal. Arsenal is one of the most popular clubs in America, period, behind, you know – Barcelona, Real Madrid. So it's it's weird to have only you know those low numbers and and the MLS All Star Game trending down. But it, TV ratings across the boards in Major League Soccer, MLB, NFL, NHL, NBA have all declined this past season. That is that is a trend across every sports league, and that's because people are cutting the cord. Right, but I also think it's because All Star Game sucks. That's just my two cents. I think the All Star Game right now, the way it is, I just I just don't like it. It's it, it doesn't it it's not entertaining for me. I mean, sure, there's some entertaining things like when Pep Guardiola got mad at Caleb Porter yeah. for aggressively uh, attacking Schweinsteiger, which is actually a little full circle right here. But um, I just don't think it's entertaining. I don't think it's 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 doesn't have its purpose anymore. I think the MLS has outgrown the All Star Game, at least with the international opponent. Yeah, it's weird. I looking through the All Star Game, and uh, you had like the East versus the West. That's what I like. I like hearing that. Wait, but this is really interesting. You had MLS USA versus MLS World. So all yeah, the, that's that's kind of weird. It's kind of odd. And then you go back to East and West, and then oh three oh four. It was just made no sense. US MLS All Stars versus the US in two thousand two. Yeah, I mean, that's the league in its early stages. I mean, you can't really... Oh three, it was against Guadalajara. Then in oh four, it goes east and west. And then ever since then, it was... It was... Find a European opponents willing to play for preseason. Yeah, and, it, you know, you had some big names come. You had Manchester United, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, Tottenham, Arsenal, now Real Madrid. You don't like this format whatsoever. I don't like it at all. I mean, I think it's just... It just shows that MLS is just a little baby, in my opinion. I think it's an important game for the league. I, I think, think it's so. a, it's a marketing ploy. That's it. They need this market. First of all, everybody complains. Or for those people who love MLS and their playoff system because it's American, this is an American thing. So you need to love this as part much as you should love the playoffs because the All Star Game is truly American. Well, yeah, I mean it's one of the only places in the world to even have an All Star Game. My thing is, it, I think it should be East West format. Why nobody's gonna watch that? Well, I mean, it's well this this game right now is just a glorified friendly. Well, what is East versus West? East versus West, East will be fun. Like the players like mess around. Like look at the All Star game in the NBA. They don't. I mean, they're obviously they're the top players in the league, but when, well, not uh, even their top players. Everybody knows who LeBron James, whether you're in China, France, or in Texas. But, but, what's, but like when a team's put in effort. And it just looks like a lackluster game. What, what's the point? Is it like is it a showcase for MLS players? Like, well, I don't Charles, get it. Charles had commented saying that you know these are professionals. They're going to take it professionally. Yeah, but I mean they're not, they're going to not take it at 
the maximum effort that they could. I mean, obviously not. It's a preseason game. I mean, if it was an East-West format, let's say they're not going to. I feel like no. I feel like no. I, no, th- I feel like that it, they'd, they'd be they'd be pissed. Like I think they'd be like, "Well, Western Conference, we want to beat y'all." That's so dumb. The players are not going to care. They don't care for that. I think they do. Against Real Madrid, I think it's it's better when you have the entire league versus a club because it's truly an American. What I would what I would personally do is scrap playing a guess and play an all star. You tell other leagues to create an all-star team and bring it over here, and let's play. Okay, you see, that'd be interesting. I don't like this whole... I the, the problem whole is MLS with... is on a different stupid well, yeah, exactly. schedule, so how are you going to balance that? You see, I like that, but we can't... It's it's not going to happen, and MLS will not switch schedules. I mean, they've been pretty insistent on saying that. But just to Which, be a glorified think... friendly... The MLS scheduling with this all-star break is going to have to change because not only is this all-star game of paint and everyone's rear the the way with with all these international tournaments and you know only getting bigger with the world cup the european championship Concacaf, and mls growing with with star players i mean you know the next go around in 2018 and then 2022 and 2026 there's only going to be more players who play in the world cup and who are going to miss you know what six weeks because of the international call up? Oh, for sure. That's that's for sure an issue that's definitely gonna need to be solved at some point because look at the playoffs. The playoffs drag on for like what two three months, and then you have this weird FIFA window, and you have like yeah. this weird break, and they're like, oh, here's the MLS Cup final or the conference finals. Let, let's watch them, and people are like, wait, what? There hasn't been soccer for two weeks. What? Where is the lead up? Yeah, I mean, we got right now. We got to deal with it as it is, but. I still don't like the All Star Game. Whatever you say, I still won't like it. So we'll just scrap it all together? No, I mean potentially. I mean, I just don't like how it's. It's it just I don't know. The MLS come scares one league. So I mean, single entity. I don't in East West format. I mean, I think it should be a lot more interesting. Give a lot more okay, showcase you, to MLS. You are going to find that very interesting. But to the kid on the side of the street. They're not going to find that interesting. They're going to want to watch Real Madrid because it's the Real Madrid jersey. It's not necessarily – Real Madrid could play their C team, and people are still going to watch it because the crest is on the jersey. But do you think it's good for the growth of the league? Yes. You think so? Because it's a huge marketing ploy. Well, I mean, if it, if it they sell out a stadium. Ploy. They sell out this weekend. Yes, Fox Sports is – I guess this yeah, is the Fox broadcast. Sports, yep. They're going to broadcast the game, it's, and it's an ex- – the experience, it's the moment. You got all these national writers that go. Charles is going. So why not? I think MLS needs to move away from this trend and move towards celebrating what they have within their own league, if that makes any sense. They are. Well, like, well barely. There's so many players that should be in the All-Star game that aren't. Okay, that's a different issue, though. But my thing is this. I just It's a glorified friendly. People don't – look at the Roma game. People didn't care about that game. It got – you said – how much How much did say, you said it got? The Roma game, yeah, the, was a disaster. It was only three hundred thousand people. You know how many people watched three hundred thousand? FC Cincinnati, and was it Chicago? FC in Chicago, three hundred thousand people watched that game in the midweek game. Yes, yes, yeah, sure, go, cool. But eight hundred turned out for Bayern Munich. Eight hundred plus. I just don't like it. I, I, I think it's just a, it's a glory. It's just. It's a glorified friendly, but what was El Clasico in Miami going to do? That was a glorified friendly, too. Okay, so what? 
These clubs want to make money. It's all about the business. And if MLS wants to create more business, this is what you need to do. You have to find it. What this All Star Game? I, don't, I actually personally don't have a big gripe with it. I get it. it's an American invention. I find it interesting. It, it's an American thing. It's cool. You you get these big names. I think it, it's a good way to market the league, especially if they beat the the opposing team. I think it's even better. Just, you beat Real yeah, Madrid, sure. MLS you beat All-Stars. the yeah. Ooh. You beat it. But the problem is, it's like you just had the Gold Cup. Clubs. So your problem is the scheduling. Yes, the scheduling because it, it just makes no you, you sense. Think it's kind of useless. Yes, it's a, it's a useless game at a useless point in time. Oh, I agree with that. Because you had the beginning of summer, you had the it, it's an off year. Cup. The Confederations Cup. It's an off year. But if the United States were in the Confederations Cup, you had players going to miss time for that. Then you have the Concacaf Gold Cup. You're going to have players miss that. These MLS clubs start missing these players. It's kind of like hello. Like we have a league to take care of. You, they need to start figuring out something. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really messy with all these uh, people missing games and whatnot. If that makes any sense, it's a it's a messy, it's messy. Watch the game. Just watch it. I won't. I'll be at work. Okay, lame excuse. Yeah. I might. I might peek into it. I'm. I'm not saying I'm gonna watch it. I think it's just a good marketing point. This time it's Real Madrid. I'm curious to know what the TV over uh, overnight TV. I bet you'll be is. over. I bet you be a million. I think it's over a million. I think. It's I think it's gonna draw. Because like, people love Real Madrid. Exactly. Exactly. You saw in Miami. You saw in Miami. You saw the the Miami Herald had it. it was all El Clasico. Yeah, Sports Center. Yeah, Sports Center. God. Think about it. If they give the same media coverage to Major League Soccer, it'd be a lot different. Oh, that'll never happen. Oh, it will. Well, it will. But 20, 30 20 years. years. Yeah. All right, listeners, please subscribe. Please share. Leave a review. We love everything that you guys have talked. Yeah, please. Wrote. Keep boosting me in the iTunes reviews, though. Like, seriously. Like, yeah, whoever that is. I know I'm really handsome, so thank you. Uh-huh. Anyway, listeners, we'll be back with another episode love y'all. soon. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.